This video is why becoming an ecopreneur or a social entrepreneur or a or being not necessarily becoming continuing on the path is one of the best things you can do for your personal development and um, more specifically i mean equally your your spiritual growth so i'm going to start off with principle number one the first principle is that it takes a spiritual practice or a personal development practice which lives up in your head and puts it in the earth. You know, a lot of people, you know, I, I grew up in the north of Los Angeles um, and my mom was a pretty new age spiritual lady, lover. She sent, set me with a really good foundation of morals and uh, a thirst for knowledge. Um, but uh, not, she didn't really ground a lot. She did, she grounded her uh, spirituality in um, service. So she volunteered most of her life. Um, I, on the other hand, grounded my spirituality in business. Um, and I got a lot of people telling me not to do that. I remember being in a personal growth seminar. Um, this is not an endorsement or not, uh, although I got a lot of value out. I was from uh, Landmark Education many years ago. And the coach, um, he's like, oh, you know, you want to make money and do it in a, you know, ecologically sound and, and moral way? Well, that doesn't sound, that sounds really hard. Um, and, you know, the truth was, was he was right. It was really hard. But I'm really fond of Stephen Pressfield and his work. But it was, Stephen Pressfield always says, you know, it would kill me. I would kill myself if I tried to go down and live in that cubicle and work for that giant corporate beast. And it was pretty much the same for me. I couldn't live in that cubicle and work for that corporate beast. I tried it for a year and it, it did damn near kill me. Um, uh, but the point is, is that when you take, and I was super into, I went, when I started discovering myself in my twenties, I got super into spirituality and personal growth and, and I was doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, but where I found it really actually made my life take off was when I grounded it in my business. And not just my business. I think the, the, the point is, is that if you don't ground your spiritual growth, like let's say you read all kinds of um, self-help books, uh, and I did that too. I read, I listened to rather, most of them. I read some of them, but most of them I listened to. Uh, hundreds, if not thousands of self-help books and took you know, thousands, no, tens of thousands of hours of uh, personal development seminars and it was good except in, in, until it wasn't and and when it not when it becomes not good is when it's uh, you stop actually you, you get into a cycle in which you think you know you think you've learned the lesson but you haven't um, and that's the rub. I think that's the real amazing thing about being an ecopreneur or a social activist um, is that if you think you've learned a lesson and you're trying to build a, a business, uh, that biz the people that you're trying to serve will let you know if you're full of crap. Um, or your this video, for example, won't go anywhere if I'm full of crap. Um, and... You know, uh, and I, I'm afraid of that, you know, and, and it doesn't matter. You know, on one level, I don't really even care if this video, anybody watches this video. I mean, I want people to watch it because I think it's valuable stuff, but um, but I'm going to keep 
pushing forward in obscurity. Um, you know, we joke around on my eco-construction job sites about the chosen one. You know, people talk, we, we, we play games with one of us is the chosen one. And, you know, people think, oh, the chosen one, that means you're like an egomaniac. I mean, it does. It means you're an egomaniac, but in a, in a, it could be in a good way. Um, but it also means that um, you toil in obscurity and pain for a long time. You know, and that's that's a lot of what I've gotten from Stephen Pressfield, is that, and and also from the Bhagavad Gita and you know Jesus and all the spiritual traditions and Buddhism will tell you about. Um, it's not the pain. Don't worry about the pain. Um, don't fear the pain. You know, don't be a masochist and and run into the pain. But at the same time, know that the pain is kind of irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. It's important not to, to jump into uh, unnecessary pain and you want good pain that is kind of on the edge of your threshold that will grow you. Uh, and not bad pain that will shut you down, um, you know, given your level of um, perseverance. You know, you got to build that muscle. It's like working out at the gym. You won't just like wake up one day and be able to conquer the world if you haven't been building that muscle for a long time. Um, so I lost my train of thought a little bit. Let me see if I can get it back. So this point is that if you take, if you're into, so this is really only work if you're already into being a good person, you're on your personal development path, and maybe you've hit a wall. Like maybe you're feeling like um, you can't, uh, I need to let a little cool air in here just to clear my brain. A little too hot for me to think. Maybe you can't, um, maybe you've just hit a plateau. And you don't, you feel like it's kind of um, not going anywhere. Uh, I remember lots of those plateaus on my path. And the cool thing about being an entrepreneur, an ecopreneur, um, is that, or a social entrepreneur, I'm just going to say ecopreneur from on out because I don't want to keep repeating it. Um, there's always another business activity that you can take that will help you make money in your life, which everybody needs, which will help you create something of value, which the rest of the world needs, which will also make the world a better place, which the, the world or the, the life, you know, the planet doesn't need it, but the life systems, the other life forms need it. Um, and when you do that, when you, when you decide to try to grow and expand your business from a fundamental place of values, then you can't help but spiritually, psychologically, and emotionally grow inside. Now, I don't want to say you can't help it. I mean, you can rely on your, um, on your uh, talents, but... If you really are, if you have any type of ambition, um, my ambition has always been sort of mixed 
with health, um, relationship, um, home, um, travel, um, making the world a better place, um, feeling like my gifts are fully utilized or as utilized as I possibly can make them. Um, so, so ambition is another say of saying stuff that you really want. So I guess the, the, one of the things that you need to really tune into is what do you really want? Um, you know, the, the path of the ecopreneur is only for those who in a way have a Messiah complex. Like I have a bit of a Messiah complex. I love those Messiah movies. We're currently watching his dark materials on, um, on HBO Max, uh, finishing up the series uh, where um, Lyra, Lyra Balakwa, <laughs> or Lyra Silvertongue, she's the lead character in um, Philip Pullman's series, um, and I love it. I love seeing the the Messiah conquer evil and make the world a better place. And I think on one level we all kind of do. That's why Joseph Campbell. Um, the hero's journey work that he did was so popular and why so many movies and books and uh, other works of fiction um, are based upon that and why we resonate with people who really uh, make the world a better place, whatever idea, our idea of that better place is. Now specifically, I'm really only interested in helping people who believe that it's that life the beauty, diversity, and abundance of life that came before us is worth trying to recreate. Um, a lot of people don't believe that. A lot of people are like, eh, humans are, humans are the most important thing, and so let's just, uh, let's just focus on humans. Um, and I, you know, I, I guess specifically this video is for ecopreneurs, because in my core values of values, like it or not, I care more, I mean, I care about individuals, I don't want an individual to suffer, but I, but I don't want to sacrifice the world, you know, the future of humanity and life on earth for an individual. Now it's, it's, that's a trippy thing to say because, um, we all want, I mean, I, I'm going to do everything in my power to save my daughter and my wife and my loved ones. Um, but I'm not going to blow up the earth in order to do so. So it's, it's a moral quandary and we all are in that point right now. Like, do we, and actually for, for most of us, the, the choice is much more simple. Do we give up some comfort and ease in pursuit of a larger spiritual, emotional fulfillment and experience of life? And that's the hero's journey. So. I think another way to talk about the power of the path of the ecopreneur is that it is the hero's journey, um, hero, heroine, whatever. Um, so, you know, uh, not, you know, so if you're not familiar with the work of Joseph Campbell, I would check it out because you are somewhere on that journey if you've already chosen to be an ecopreneur, or if you um, have uh, are are about thinking about making that transition, uh, you know, if you're thinking about making that transition, the first spot, the first spiritual and emotional dilemma that you face is the call. You know, something inside of you calls you, 
You know, it calls you to be something. You know, it called me to be an ecopreneur and a teacher um, and to build uh, a model to do everything in my power to try to build a model. I fail every day, but I'm trying to build a model of regenerative living that uh, encompasses the whole. You know, um, if you look at our society right now, it's not regenerative in any way. You know, the culture of modern society is not regenerative and you can't really be an ecopreneur in an, in a real effective way unless you're in the totality of the regenerative design movement so and, and when i say regenerative design everybody thinks it's regenerative agriculture but that's just this, this little teeny tiny sliver that's just what we eat you know what we eat is primal fundamental great place to start Regenerative agriculture, a lot of people just think it's the soil and what we eat. Regenerative means to, to regenerate and repair the whole system. And the system includes banks. It includes police forces. It includes government systems. It includes cultural rituals. You know, Christmas. Consumerism Christmas. What if consumerism Christmas was earth empowered Christmas in which we all created uh, something that served the earth what if the the Christ mass was you know more attuned to the winter equinox it literally is the third day of the winter equinox in which the Sun starts traveling back up the horizon and making more light for the year Whereas the first day is when the sun stops moving, it sort of hovers for a moment, and then it starts to move back up, and that's what we call the Christmas. Uh, what if we realigned that ritual with instead of it just being a Middle Eastern story about a dude, and it was instead, and I know some people get pissed, I'm sorry, Christians, if you're pissed about that, I love Jesus, but there's also consequences to every thought structure. So what if that ritual, instead of just celebrating an external deity, and I mean, I love, and we should definitely keep the spirit of giving, like the spirit of giving is, is sick, it's awesome. Um, but what if it was more of a celebration of the mother? What if we celebrated the mother and the son and the father? Because it really is about that. You know, we we skip. So the thing that that drives me bananas. So I'm getting a little bit off course, but let me just say this in a different way. My path of an ecopreneur has been also to honor my deep values and beliefs. And one of my deep values and beliefs is that we need to honor the earth as a spiritual entity. So if you look at the the way the Christian idea has come forth in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I don't think that's right. What I think it is, is the Father, the Son, the Mother, the Earth. And then the Holy Spirit just goes between all three. You know, it's, it's, just, the, it's just like somebody, in my humble opinion... There were people who were scared of the pagans. They wanted to eliminate the pagan culture, which were primarily earth-based cultures, and replace them with a non-earth-based culture. 
And that's fine. I mean, it's, it's not fine with me. It's just what happened. Um, and now it's time for us to reclaim a spiritual center that puts the earth back where it belongs, on equal footing with God, the Son, and the Mother. So <clears throat> the Son, and the Son, I mean, anyways, it's a whole other topic. Like, why is he a boy? I mean, that's, that's cool. I guess he was a man. Um, anyways, I'm not sure whether I'm going to leave all that in because that's sure going to piss off a lot of people. But the point of what I'm saying is, is that in my path as an ecopreneur, my spirituality, my emotional well-being has become grounded in something deeper. Now, I don't share all that stuff with everybody. Um, maybe I'll put this video behind a paywall and only share it, share it with a select few. Um, but still... If I were just reading books, and I were just um, trying to get better in my cave, you know, then the growth is slowed, if not stopped, and sometimes goes backwards. So the more you're out in the world trying to benefit the world and society, then the more you are liberated in your own mind, in your heart, and in your body, you know. Um, Let's talk about pitfalls. Um, so I pride myself on health. You know, I've been a health nut. Kind of started with my parents, my mom, my dad a little bit. Yeah, my dad too. And um, I'm getting hot. Okay, I'm gonna open the door again. So I want to talk about mistakes. Um, big, big, emotionally beat yourself up mistakes. So when I was 18 years old, I was surfing uh, where I grew up, um, uh, north end of Los Angeles, and um, I wasn't using my leash. And it was small, it was sandy, and I was took a wave. If you know anything about surfing, you can ride front way or back side. Front side or backside? Front side, you're facing the wave. Backside, you're away from the wave. So I'm riding backside. And when you ride backside, a lot of guys do what's called pig dogging, where they grab the rail with their hand. Um, and I did that. It was a small wave, not very big. A couple feet, three feet, maybe. It was shallow. So I did that, and I didn't have my leash. Um, so I did that, and I was going backside along the wave, and it crushed on me. And then I flipped over down, and my head was like this. And, it, and there was a split second where I could have rolled, but I tried to hold on to my board. And as I tried to hold on to my board, my hands were down here, my head was here, and I went straight down into the sand. And I heard three loud cracks. Crack, crack, crack. And I got out. I went on the jungle gyms that were on the beach. And I thought, oh, man, it really hurt my neck. And long story short, I fractured and compressed and permanently deformed three vertebras in my neck, which have been a source of chronic pain and discomfort and literally weird cracking noises as I go like this right now. Uh, and that was 20, 36 years ago. Why do I share that story? I share that story because there was years that I beat myself up. I 
was so mad at myself. You know, I'd watch my friends doing all this amazing stuff in their, you know, the indestructible years from, from 18 to 25. And I was in chronic pain, you know. And so for years, I, I, I beat myself up around that. But then it led me to therapeutic yoga. It led me to a deeper desire to deal, to be healthy, um, and to grow because I couldn't do like, I'd probably be a really, I don't know, shitty person. I don't think I'd even like myself if I was totally healthy. But what happened by going through that pain point and that loss of function in a, in, in, in a body where I'm super committed to being physical, like I've stayed physical my whole life. I've never stopped. Um, I get a little slow in the winter, but, um, you know, we're ramping back up right now. Um, so the point is, is that the mistakes that hurt you the most can ultimately be your salvation. Now, we've all heard the stories, or I hope you've heard the stories about people who become quadriplegic, paraplegic, and they say that they're happier now than they've ever been. Um, and, you know, knock on wood, I don't have to go to that extreme. I'd like to learn that lesson first before I go to that extreme. Um, but, you know, and then... Um, Fast forward to 54, and here I am I, uh, for the last almost 20 years now. I've been studying green building, um, living a healthy lifestyle, um, and realized that for the past three, if not 10 years, I've been poisoning myself and my family with a wood-fired and a pellet stove. I thought I had it figured out, the hubris of um, self-confidence. I thought I knew that since the smoke was sucking out the flu, that I was okay, but I wasn't. Um, you know, I've been de dealing with this, this asthma-type thing and constricted throat, and it would come every winter after we started the, the fires to keep us warm, and I had no idea. I thought it was allergies, because I had allergies too. I, I, it was all kinds of things I thought it could be, but I did it. And I didn't want to believe that it was wood because I had a romantic vision of burning wood rather than fossil fuel. Because, you know, I don't want to burn fossil fuel. Um, in this day and age, you can go electric and there's other life cycle costs. Um, I've done other videos on, actually I haven't. I, there's one video which I talked briefly about life cycle costs, which you should check out. It's super important. Most people don't think about it now. Now, especially if you're an ecopreneur, you need everything. Everything that you do in your business needs to go through the lens of life cycle costs, life cycle analysis, so that you can um, create a regenerative footprint rather than just a less bad or even more bad because you're unaware. So I guess the point is, is that, you know, um, that mistake, I'm going to do everything in my power to um, make it a salvation, you know, to focus on healthy lungs, to focus on healthy breathing, to help other people um, get their uh, indoor air quality tested. Um, I just bought an indoor air quality tester, spent three hours on the internet yesterday researching all of the air quality testers out there in the different price ranges to try to get one that I hope will work for what we want to do here. So when you make mistakes, that pain is only bad pain if you don't internalize the lesson. And here's, I think, a thing that most people don't realize is that um, it's not about knowing. 
This is the biggest thing, mistake I see people make. They think because they know something. Um, I love my father to death. He gave me such opportunities in life. But this was his biggest flaw. His biggest flaw was that he thought because he knew something that it was already real in his life. But the problem is, is that knowing something actually impedes you on some level. It actually can slow you down. Because you think to yourself, I already know this. I don't need to read that book again. I've already read that book. I do that all the time. Um, it's very difficult for me to go back and to humble myself and to relearn the lessons that somebody has already taught me in book or seminar form or, or whatever. Um, so realizing that... Uh, so the big mistake is actually beware knowing something. Only thing to focus on is have you truly committed to changing your behavior to take into account this new lesson. So am I truly going to change out my stove? Am I going to use my indoor air quality religiously? Am I going to keep going in the sauna and inhaling eucalyptus oil on a regular basis? Eucalyptus oil. Don't touch your nose with this stuff. It burns really bad. And don't get it on your fingers and wipe your eyes. Some people use diffusers. We don't have a diffuser that works really well right now, so I just huff it. So the point is, is not only you have to first, you got to learn. First, you got to make the mistake. Then you got to learn the lesson, and then that's the dangerous part. <laughs> this is really good. That's the dangerous part. If you learn the lesson. And then you don't do anything with it, boom, you start going down. So be afraid of the moment you learn a lesson and immediately start putting things into action, commitments into action. Um, commitments into action. Commitments into action. So this brings up another point. Um, so one of the things that all of us do, and this applies to everybody, not just ecopreneurs, one of the things that all of us do is we tend to think that if we have an idea about what we've, we've got inspired, you know, so New Year's resolutions are a prime example. We've got inspired. We're like, I'm going to go to the gym. Um, I'm going to ride my bike. Like last year, going to the gym didn't work. So this year I'm going to ride my bike or I'm going to do a new um, Qigong practice or a new yoga practice. What the problem is, is that we focus too much on the goal. So you literally have to stop doing that. Like don't focus on the goal. The only thing to do is to measure whether you're taking steps towards the goal, but the goal doesn't matter. And, and there's a lot of wonderful people. Stephen Presswell will tell you this. Um, Rich Roll will tell you this. Uh, you don't actually want to stop after you achieve the goal because then you lose there's the law of momentum when you keep when you get momentum up you want to keep it up if you look at all of the greats they keep going you know so i'm i'm working on this right now i'm not so good at it I'm, i mean it's not true i'm getting a lot better at it you know we can grow together um and i think that the critical part is to Figure out how to enjoy your life 
inside of the process. That doesn't mean that you can't take breaks. It just means that you don't break momentum. So whatever it takes for you to keep momentum, you know, I'm all for taking two months off and going off grid and, you know, going surfing or going to learn uh, a new culture or skill in another part of the world. But during that two months or three months or six months or a year, I'm going to be doing stuff. I'm not going to be just drinking Mai Tais and eating bonbons and steak on the beach. Obviously, bonbons and steak would be very difficult to have very ecologically um, <laughs> uh, empowered bonbons and steak. But you know, I'm sure if you had enough focus on it, you could, you could make them a lot better. Um, anyways, uh, the point is, is that the next thing is, as an ecopreneur, you have to keep up momentum. And then the next thing is, is you have to learn how to have intelligent celebrations and intelligent breaks. You know, that's why I really like the whoop. So we use, we use the whoop in our household and it's changed my life because I focus on the rest as well as I focus on the recovery as well as the workout. And so you got to have both as an ecopreneur, as effective ecopreneur, you got to have both the workout and the uh, rest. And that applies to your business. You got to have the workout and the rest. And then, so, so getting back to this idea of staying in action and how that is the prime thing to do. Um, when you're staying in action, <sighs> momentum, staying in, momentum, staying in action. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it takes time to collect your thoughts and grab them back. Thoughts are so ephemeral. You need to capture your ideas and actualize on them. So I think most of us will stay in this state where we research things. I don't know about most of us, but there seems to be two main biases. One bias is towards just doing it, and the other bias is, is towards researching it. So you have to be like the Buddha. You want to research and do. And that's the middle path. Research and do. Research and do. And then feedback. Okay, do didn't work. Feedback. What's the feedback? Let's get that feedback. Let's get back to doing something different. You know, the famous Einstein quote of, you know, insanity. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And, and the thing is, is we all do that. We do it in our relationship. We do it in our exercise routine. We do it in our business. We do it with our finances. So, um... You have to take time to pause and research, but you also have to take a new action. And then there's that middle point there, that middle point where commitment lives. So you've got action, so you've got, you did some research. You put out a new product, a new prototype. Let's say you put out a new prototype service. Since I'm, I'm in the service and education business, so I put out a new service. I put out a new, so for example, right now, I'm uh, installing induction stoves and hybrid water heaters uh, through a local agency here. So I take an action and then I'll go do that service. And then I will, well, so I did some research. I figured out a niche that I wanted to jump into. I jumped into it, or I started to jump into it. I initiated all the paperwork. I've got everything going. I got all the insurance. I got everything I need now. I'm going to go, um, I'm on the list or maybe in a couple days I'll be on the list. Now I need to do, so, so now, now what? So now there's no business coming in yet. So I need to maybe retool my marketing material, talk to some people, add something else. 
Um, so that was that was a loop in and of itself. I did all the things I needed to do. There's still no business. Now it's really early in the process, so we'll see if that business starts ramping up. But the point is, is that you research, you come up with the idea, you got the idea, then you take an action. You got the action done, and then you go, you got to follow through to the completion of the action. So the completion of this action will be when I get my first um, referral induction stove a hybrid job from the county agency that I'm working through. So once that happens, then uh, I'll go back and then I'll see what worked and what didn't work. Then I'll go back to the through the research phase uh, and see how I can modify it, not only so that it makes me more money. This is the difference of being an ecopreneur and a right livelihood person. Not only so that it makes me money, but that it's most aligned with my highest spiritual self. It's aligned with what I want to be doing, my spending my time doing, um, and it's actually making the world a better place. Um, you know, it's for me the installing the induction stoves and hybrid water heaters. It's a little bit lower bar. It's not my highest uh, value activity, um, but we all have to have the money coming in. You know, that's the thing. Like, you can't live in a fantasy about what you think you're supposed to be doing, and then do nothing. You gotta just keep working. So in the beginning I was temping and then, uh, I, let's see, did I become a yoga teacher? Then I became a yoga teacher full time. Then being a yoga teacher full time didn't really work for me. I didn't really like, I didn't really feel like I was making the difference in teaching both kinds of things I wanted to think. And I felt like I was moving away from nature. Um, and then I moved into being a sustainable builder. I'd always liked working with my hands. I really wanted to go back to the land. I wanted to build something in the world that was tangible, that made life better. That was a place I really, I really love home. Home was a place I derive a lot of pleasure and peace from. So I moved into my green building and remodeling company. Then that became too much about remodeling and the economy and, uh, you know, bank and, and the housing market. And that wasn't, that's not going to say, we're not going to remodel our way out of uh, the destructive culture of planet Earth. It's helpful. So then I moved into a more focused green remodeling in which we're doing more solar panels, off-grid systems, induction stoves, hybrid water heaters. But then on a higher bar above that is my teaching work. Um, and my homestead, no, on a higher bar above that is my, yeah, my teaching work, which is now manifested as my, the regenerative home channel, uh, a little bit, the happy earthling channel, and then also um, my home site, which is uh, on that high bar of spiritual alignment. My home site, which in everything I do at my home site is to try to enhance life, to create a model for the future that is something that you know future generations can look back on and say like i really like what that guy was doing he was actually thinking about us and let's let's honor what he had to say now people today may or may not i hope they do um that, that doesn't matter that's you know when we think and we speak sometimes old disempowered thoughts come up um so you know, that was sort of an old like it doesn't matter i don't want to be attached because i'm afraid of being a failure well you need to, and I need to, embrace being a failure. So the thing is, is that the more you fear being a failure, the less big, important risks you're going to take in your life. Now, I want you to, you know, use it, have a safety net so that when you take a big risk, you fall back on something. Um, but don't be afraid to fail. Like, take, 
take appropriate levels of risk in which you can fail. And that would be another uh, primary uh, learning point about becoming an ecopreneur is um, the spiritual power of it is that you need to upgrade your relationship with failure. And that's a very emotional thing. And if you're upgrading your, your relationship with failure at the same time, you're trying to do right by everyone and the world. It's a recipe for becoming an, an epically awesome human that the world needs more of. And so I, uh, commend you if you've made it this far in the talk, um, I appreciate you. I uh, wish you the best of luck on your journey. Um, I'm open to questions. I will answer any questions that you have. I'm also experimenting with an idea of doing um, audio coaching sessions. So if you've listened to this far and you're interested in having a coaching session, um, what I'd like, I'll do it for free on one condition. You don't have to use your real name, but I want to post the coaching session live, not live, but I want to post it on the podcast so that people can get value out of the coaching session. I frankly don't, this is the monologue, um, the monologue format is one of my weaker formats. My highest format for adding value is in a dialogue setting. I do much better in a dialogue setting than in a monologue setting. This is still, um, I don't want to disempower this. I'm, I'm hoping that you're getting value out of this, but next level, if you really want to go next level, you know, call me or send me a message in the link to the Calendly um, link in the description and we'll talk and decide whether, I mean, I'll give you a free 15 minutes and we can just talk. Um, I'll do that as long as I can until I get, in, unless I'm too busy. Um, and then when, when, if we decide it's a good fit, then we'll do an hour long session in which I go through whatever you're trying to build. Um, and, and I'm not, you know, you don't have to be an ecopreneur. Um, you don't have to be a green business person. You don't have to be a social entrepreneur. I think the only requirement for me is that you're committed to enhancing life, including nature. Um, I, for better or worse, I have no interest in helping people be a success that want to consume more life energy. I want to help people be a success that want to enhance the life energy that we have here on planet Earth. Okay, um, have a wonderful day, and I will catch you in the next episode.